Come gather ye friends round your flickering campfires and listen to tales of daring, horror, and high adventure from the worn pages of history. Set aside your too many Richards and too many Edwards and hearken ye well to the voices of your storytellers. My name is Uncle Bob Bob and I'm loving the Wars of the Roses as I'm a huge battle edgelord. Um, I said, I'm a huge battle edgelord. Anyone? No? Pear Bear! Pear Bear, your line is next. Your line is, Oh, I am the Pear Bear, and you should probably be on some sort of list, Uncle Bob Bob. Guys, Tombo! Tombo, your introduction next. I don't really know what kind of thing you say. I only tend to sort of scan over the script till I see the direction, Enter Edgelord. Where is everyone? rest of the boys oh come on seriously are you in the narrative idolizer already i have a deep mistrust of that weird thing as it is i mean is it a much scoffed at eastern european automobile is it a fridge with or without an icebox who knows even with all these questions it doesn't mean you can just start without me in it <laughs> Why won't you open, you stupid waste of brain cells and keyboard bashing? Oh no! Something's wrong with the larder! I do hope that sounded convincing enough. I don't care if anything's wrong with the larder, I don't like it. Oh no! Something's wrong with the larder! Hmm, a bit forced, I might have to work on that. Yes? Come about the Brocken Larder. What? Who are you? Um, Guy from the Larder Group. What? How did you know it was broken? No time to explain. Now we need to push this narrative on quickly. Ah, the old narrating bake farfazen. I don't name it, man. They might have to keep it. Let me ask you this, young fella, my lad. Did someone on this premises, cack-handedly, stumble into being a dumb narrative device? Yes, it's a silly throwaway rhyming line, but it's fun to say. That's how it always starts, mate. Yeah, you know, did someone also then do some fun ad-libs, denigrating this silly and completely harmless throwaway line? Possibly due to a heady mix of comedic superiority and red-hot jealousy. Yes, it might be. And now someone else is turning it into a thin-skinned rant. I mean, I should at least be full of mums. I mean, what? I, no! Who's writing this? Stop putting things in my mouth, Uncle Bilbo! Did a further someone then carry this device over to a lengthy and overcomplicated series of scripts about Wars of the Roses? Ipso facto, locking you in and forcing you to use said narrative device? Oh my god, you're right, guy! Well then, that's your problem. Paraadlibalysis. Your larder's all gummed up, lad. I can fix it. Please, God, fix it! Alright. Uh, do you mind if I put on me radio stories? Oops, me ignore this distracting narrative that might be, you know, flopping about. Good evening, folks. John Commentator here, bringing you up to speed with the big test. You join us here at Off With His Headingley for what has been a thrilling test between the House of York and the House of Lancaster. With me, as always, is John Cocoms. Welcome, John. 
Pleasure to be here, John. And what a slobber knocker this test has been. Lancaster versus York. So many unforeseen tosses. Such difficult wickets on quite challenging surfaces. Indeed, John. The back and indeed forth. The changing lineups and the speed of some of the attacks have been rather startling. Never a truer word spoken, John. But may I remind the listener that this is not Yorkshire versus Lancashire. Oh no, it's not a cricket match. But it's as long, John. Indeed, John. The Wars of the Roses is, in regards to one's patience, if you'll excuse the pun, a test. Cricket pun not excused, John. Let's take a look back at the action so far. Hit the music, John. Oh, Crocky, it's worse than I thought. Looks like we've got recaps escaping all over the place. Fix it! So here we are at St Albans, 1455. We have Edmund Beaufort, otherwise known as the Duke of Somerset, facing up to a few random normal soldiers. And oh! Oh, he's gone! He's gone! They've taken him down! Somerset out at the age of 49! Big blow for Lancaster! The Dukedom of Somerset will now fall to his son. Ah, Somerset! Richard Plantagenet, Duke of York here. We all thought he'd be playing a hard defensive game here at Sandal Castle 1460. He definitely didn't want to go for a Duke, but oh! 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 Oh, he strayed out of the crease badly and lost it to a full toss. Cracking Yorker. Richard of York gone for 49. How will this affect the House of York going forward? Unbelievable scenes, John. Hereford 1461. Owen Tudor here. Coming off the back of a bad showing for Lancaster at Mortimer's Cross. Will want to improve and up his game. And oh dear, oh dear, he's been captured and executed by Edward IV. Owen Tudor gone for 61-ish. Now we have notorious sledger John the Butcher de Clifford here. Trying to bridge the gap for Lancaster here at Ferrybridge, 1461. He's on 25 at the moment. Can he extend that life and oh no! I don't have a replay, but it's possibly due to a headless arrow to the throat. May not be true, but it sounds cool. John de Clifford, gone for 25. Former Yorkist Andrew Trollope here in 1461 at the Towton Crease. Has been a handy batsman for the Lancastrians recently, but Towton is proving to be an extremely fast wicket for the dominant house of York. No, oh, Trollope! Trollope has fallen! Turned his back on the Yorkists again, and this time he's paid dearly for it. Trollope out for it. Oh, I've, I've lost my notes in the excitement. Trollope is out. It's open, lad. You'll have to get in there now and call out the words. Jumanji? No, you silly, pointless boy. See to your narrative before it gets too late. Now, go on, hop it. Get in the larder. But I don't want to. Is it an instrument for electronically measuring distance? Is it a mini cool box? Can I plug it into Mrs. Bob Bob's lighter socket so I can keep being fun and interested on our long, long road trips? I just don't know. With Edward, Earl of March, King-elect, now victorious, King Henry VI and Queen Margaret are on the run. Edward has travelled back to London to receive his crown. Edward was coronated King Edward IV in June 1461. So, what happens now? Another battle? Sort of. Edward spends the next three years quelling various rebellions in the north. Oh, oh look, here he comes. Good day to you, my subjects. Are you the silly history soldiers who partook in the killing of Lord Clifford? No, it's a funny story. Actually, we were on the other side. Sh shut up, T Tombo, Tombo, Tombo. Yea, your majesty. Verily, we be the same, tis true. Why does he speak like a countryside fool? 
He's attempting to converse with you in an oldie-worldie way. Well, tell him to cease at once. It's weird. And you don't pronounce the E in old, BTW. By my troth, dread lord, now shall I desist forthwith from speaking and using E. For what you have done for us, we are truly grateful. What's with the WeChat? There's only one of him. It's royal talk. Just shush. Your Majesty, uh, please do pardon my direct address, but are you to be a benevolent or a malevolent king? I am determined to make friends, not enemies. And so, instead of beheading Somerset, I have let him, let us say, rest a while in my palace. We are now friends. I should wonder that he would eventually turn towards my cause and not rally against it. Good, my silly friends. You are most welcome here at court. But I must go and tend upon my cousin of Somerset. Godspeed. You can do some of your historical talking whatnot now. Farewell. Ah, oh, he seems really nice. Did he succeed in winning over the Duke of Somerset? Uh, it depends how you look at it, really. Somerset would eventually escape and raise a band of rebels. On the 15th of May, 1464, there was a skirmish near Hexham in Northumberland. The House of York won a decisive victory, and Somerset, along with some other high-ups in the Lancastrian cause, were beheaded. Ah, so that's a hard no, then. The hardest. What of the staunch Lancastrian commander, the Earl of Wiltshire? Oh, he ran away from Towton as far as Newcastle before he was captured, pooped his pants and was beheaded. So he didn't manage to change history then? Most historians have largely forgotten about him. He sounds very silly if you ask me. Yes, Tombo, that's why we like him. Hooray for Wiltshire! Now back to the story. Richard Neville, Earl of Warwick and his council are in Reading to discuss wedding arrangements. Whom for? For the king. Which king? Edward IV. The, the deposed king, Henry VI, is already married, remember? To Margaret of Anjou? Oh yeah, I forgot about her. How can you forget about Madge? She's been searing through these scripts like a hot French rapier through Burr. Sorry, there's just so much going on. As we were saying, the Earl of Warwick is in Reading discussing wedding arrangements. Now, my good friends, we must mend this divide with France. Might I suggest a nuptial alliance with the Duke of Bourbon's niece? Now, I know what you're thinking. Is that a fusion of two popular biscuits? Is it a member of the aristocracy? Well, it's both. Well, it's one. She is a beautiful young lady of Burgundy. Great trade links, lots of money, a match made in financial heaven. Show them the brochure, Lord Wenlock. My lords, I present unto you a Castilian princess by the name of Isabella. We have often fought with Castile, but this marriage would be just the peaceful leveller we English need. Might I suggest a union with Scotland? Yes, Mary of Galders, perhaps. Sturdy, good decking, and is at this moment severely unmanned. She's not a boat, you random old earl. You can't just man her. Plus also, she's Scottish. We, if you haven't noticed, are English. The legal line is that we hate the Scottish and are more than happy to continue hating them. Wenlock is right. We must look to more prosperous, less deep-fried nations across the sea. I have been in negotiations with the French. The French? It would be best for us all if we all fall in with our closest adversaries. The Scottish! Why are you even here, you rancid old derelict? He hasn't got a name in the script. Don't understand. No, I mean the French. I, Lord Warwick, have been in deep discussions. Very convoluted, complicated, nefarious discourses, I might add. 
with the sister-in-law of Louis XI, King of France, the Lady Bona of Savoy. You heard what I said. She's called Bona. You can't do that. This is the point. I should say something rude, but I'm not going to if it's a children's show. There's just a comedy minefield going on there, no. Look, you heard what I said. We're all extremely powerful nobles, and yes, her name is Bona. Greetings, gentlemen. Comparing boners again, are we? <laughs> How does this morning find you? Gloriously, I hope. Ah, dearest cousin, Eddie, baby. That's your majesty. King Edward to you, Warwick. What? Why are you harshing my vibe, man? After all I've done for you. Well, you shall love me all the more when I secure you a beautiful young lady to wed. I have been in negotiations with the French king, and you are in luck. The beautiful lady, Boner of Savoy, would take your hand, and this would generate for us a great match in France. I have the mother of the Scottish king for you, if you prefer, my king. It would be more fitting to wed Isabella of Castile, my king. Yeah, that's a big swipe left from me on those women, gentlemen. Very good, my king. So, Boner it is then. Excellent. I shall make the long-winded and convoluted arrangements. No, Warwick. I have chosen my own match. Hiya, guys. About time Lizzie Woodville got a grab of that big brass ring. <laughs> Elizabeth, you little scamp, stop it. Not in front of Warwick. You know how he likes to watch. Who's this now? That is outrageous. You better not be called Not her. Look at her. She's Naughty behaviour. Get her number. I mean, yeah, I already have kids and, yeah, I've been married before, but, like, my husband died fighting at St Albans, so the king sort of, like, owes me a husband. My good lord, I beg for you to reconsider this terrible match. Why, she sounds like the most stupid and common person in the world. If only you would like me take care of the running of the kingdom, you would be free to do whatever young kings do. Long walks. Reading books, cold showers. I don't know, young people. I plotted when I was a boy because I was unpopular. I know my own mind, Warwick. I am marrying Elizabeth. You must stop this stupid and dangerous independent fault at once. Do what I say. Too late, Warwick. We've already done it. You heard him, Warwick. Done. It. Oh, stop it, my rose. He's flushing terribly. That's right, Warwick. We married some five months back. Very good, my king. I'm incandescent with rage underneath, but nobody can tell because I'm such a chameleon. Hey, Eddie, can I be fully cornelated? Well, I don't know where we'll find a scepter that's specifically shaped at such short note. Oh, you mean coronated. Oh, yes, my love. You can have anything and everything. Warwick, make this happen. Yes, my king. Oh, Eddie? Yes, my love. Can all of my children marry well and get thrust to the front of the political queue and get peerages and everything? Certainly, my love. Warwick, do as the lady says. Yes, of course, my king. No problem at all. Absolutely no bother. Meanwhile, up north in Waddington Hall in Clitheroe, deposed King Henry VI is playing his own deeply hidden political game. Hello, subjects. Uh, do you mind if I bunk in with you for a while? My wife and I are playing a really big game of hide and seek. Yes, I'm hiding, and naughty Edward IV is seeking. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anybody I'm here. <laughs> 
Harry of Lancaster, I hereby arrest you in the name of the king. Ooh, new game. Tag, you're it. No, tag, you're it. Tag, you're it. Can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread man. But he couldn't escape for long. Henry VI was eventually tracked down and imprisoned in the Tower of London. Why didn't they just kill him? They can't just kill him, Tombo. He's done nothing wrong. I mean, being a bit absent of mind isn't a crime. If it was, I would have been in prison all my life. And he was cared for quite well, too. He drank the king's wine, and Edward himself brought him a new wardrobe. Ah, Edward's really very nice. Yeah, but all the people he killed, yeah. Well, I guess that's the end of the story. Edward is now King Edward IV, and he marries Elizabeth Woodville, and everyone lives happily ever after. The old king is now imprisoned in the tower. What could possibly go wrong? Fast forward to 1465. It's a girl! Yay, great, not a boy. Yay, that's just wonderful. Warwick, you shall be my daughter, Elizabeth's godfather. Very well, my king. I shall take it really seriously. I never news, your majesty. I noticed that you cancelled my diplomatic visit to France. I was really hoping to uh, nip over to the Le Havre hypermarket for 36 cases of Stella and a big cheese. Yeah, don't worry. I have made alliances with Burgundy instead. Um, okay. Could you tell me also why my own brother was removed as chancellor and your brand new father-in-law has taken his post instead. As I said, Warwick, I'm the king, not you. Okay. Now, onto the small matter of your sister's marriage to the court of France. Sorted it, Warwick. She's going to Burgundy instead. Okay. Yet none of my children or family can now marry well. Is this also true? Hard yes. Okay. Cool. Very well, your majesty. I'm going to go up north to North Humbria for a bit. You don't need me, do you? Nope, don't need you at all. Oh, actually, Warwick. Yes, my king? Hard cutters to 1468 on your way out, will you? Okay. Good news, your majesty. The queen has borne you another child. A daughter. Ah, oh, yeah. Great, that's just great. Get some shut-eye, Your Majesty. It'll be 1469 before you know it. Mercy, where does the time go? <gasps> Good news, Your Majesty. Another strong and bonny daughter. It's raining, girls. Hallelujah. Uh, great. You, sir. Jasper Tudor is rising up against you in Wales in favour of Henry VI, Your Majesty. Oh, wonderful. Could things get any worse? Indeed, sir. More news, sir. Crime, rebellions and murder is up 90% from last year, sir. Your realm is falling to rack and ruin, sir. Hey, 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 don't I'll cut the messenger. Meanwhile, in a meadow somewhere in England, George, Duke of Clarence, is about to do something dumb. Enough of this older bro being king stuff. When do I get a turn, yo? I'm like the presumed heir. I may as well let my hair down and be king now, yo. It's just not fair. It sucks having 400 PAs in my various cribs and having the biggest wage bill being paid for by the crown. Why be so good looking with a totes ripped Sigma male physique? 
and be denied the means to use them, bro. Especially now my king, bro, is only shooting girl bullets. Greetings, bro. Who goes there? Show yourself before I hunt you down and cancel you to pieces, yo. Tis I, Warwick, your friend, Uncle Richard Neville. Together, we will set this country ablaze, and you will be its vapid but chiseled hero. Yo, bro, I can't fight my bro king, bro, though. Oh, don't worry about that. Fighting people isn't super fun, especially when we can get others to do it for us. We will surround him, and we will sit like good little doggies, knowing that the king will not suspect his dogs. Not even when we foul the royal carpet, we must move subtly, yet forcefully. Sweet! I'm like totally the master of the subtle flex. Shadow flex. Whoa, awesome. Have you heard of the legend of Robin Hood? Well, how about we too become the voice of the people? How about Robin of Reesdale? Who's he? Oh, no one or someone. Perhaps two someones. I have many loyal little Robins. This sounds like a most excellent flex, yo! Sure enough, the uprisings in the north began to swell under the banner of the historically mysterious Robin of Reedsdale. King Edward could not ignore the violence anymore. This is getting out of hand, I need help. Warwick! Brother Clarence! God's teeth, where are they? The rebels, silently commanded by Warwick and Clarence, came face to face with Edward's hastily thrown together army. The army consisted of mainly soldiers from the south and a Welsh contingent under the command of Sir Richard Herbert. On the 24th of July, 1469, they clashed in a field near Banbury in Oxford, known at the time as Hedgecote, known today as Edgecote. In a pincer movement by the rebels, the king's army were cut in half, their archers separated from the cavalry. The Earl of Pembroke and his brother Richard Herbert were captured and brought to face Warwick in his castle. In Warwick, called Warwick Castle. So here we are, my good friends of Wales. You should have known by now that if you cross a Neville army, you will almost certainly face me in the end. And this is very much the end for you. Nostar, my sweet Earl of Pembroke. Nostar, Sir Richard Herbert. Ah, uh, is it bedtime? Yeah, I think he got the Welsh bit wrong there, brother, didn't he? Fine. Excuse me. Die. What's that now? Die. Die, you're Welsh, aren't you? What's goodbye in Welsh? What's that? Thank you, Di. Love you. You heard him. You're far, gentlemen. Ah, you should have said it in English, though. We would have understood you better, wouldn't we? Just, just die already. We've uh, captured Earl Rivers, my lord. Ah, Queen Lizzie Woodville's boorish father. Oh, yes, my lord. Rivers and his son, Sir John Woodville, are complaining loudly that men of their high station should be held for so long without even a chicken Kiev pizza. Ugh. Have them killed. Very good, my liege. We have the Earl of Devon, sire. Taunt him with inferior ice cream and then kill him hard. Right you are. We have Edward IV, sir. Kill him. No, wait, 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 wait. No, don't. Bring him here to me, Warwick. 
so that they can bask in my incredible cleverness and difficult-to-place accent. Within three months, Warwick had rid himself of the loutish Woodville family, the even more troublesome Great Lords of York, and now had the King in his grasp. But with two kings now imprisoned and Warwick acting as ruler with no real right of a king, England fell into violence and disruption. In fact, Warwick couldn't stop even his own family from rising up against him. Two rebellious Nevilles raised Henry VI's banner in northern England. And so violence, disruption, war was everywhere. Yorkists, Lancastrians, Welsh, and now the Burgundians. Warwick had no choice but to set King Edward free again. Edward crushed the rebellions and returned to London. Your Majesty, <laughs> Your Majesty, uh, Jeff Greensleeves here, Sly Sports News. Oh, great, Jeff Greensleeves. Well, what a back and forth this test is proving to be. Will we be seeing a change in the order? Hmm? Uh, how do you feel about your brother Clarence and your right-hand man Warwick now? Ah, well, these things can't be helped. I'm certain that we'll look back on this difficult test and laugh. <laughs> we are family, and we shall love each other until they're all out. Until they're all out, Your Majesty? Oh, sorry. Until we're all out. Silly me. Tea and biscuits and whatnot. But when I see them again, I shall crush them. Thanks, Your Majesty. Well, it's proving to be a bit of a sticky wicket here for King Edward. Let's hand back to the studio in Lincolnshire. March, 1470. The very next year, 1470, King Edward marched his troops up to Lincolnshire to quickly quell a disturbance between two lords. In the Ferrari, the other lords, thinking it was more than a trifle, joined the fray. Warwick joined in too, but where there's a Warwick... There always seems to be a Duke of Clarence, not far behind. The battle had hardly begun when Edward's army routed the insurgents. The rebels ran from the field with so much haste that they tore off their bulky garments to speed their flight. The battle will be forever remembered as Lou's Coke Field. Warwick, bro! I mean, what now? We've lost the faith of my big bro, Edward. I'll never be able to crash over after an all-night wine rager ever again. I'll get a grip, Clarence, you hard-bodied dolt. You may have the hand of my daughter, Isabel. That'll cheer you up. But King Bro Edward said that he, like, totally forbids such a hookup. He said it to me. Oh, and there was me thinking that you had your own mind. Well, Toad's, Toad's got my own mind, bro. Okay, here's what we'll do. I'll like totally take your daughter and marry her whilst chilling in Calais. A very fine choice, my lord. Excellent, because we're like totally here, bro. Wenlock, my friend. No, you're not coming in. But Wenlock, my friend, I own Calais. And the king owns you. Now off you trot. Come, Clarence, to Normandy. Normandy, yeah, bro! It's like so rank, all the rolling fields and beautiful scenery. It's totally dull, bro! And we've got no friends there, bro! Save but one in Coeur Lorraine. Oh no! Lorraine, she's seen me on a wine rager! Lorraine, not Lorraine, you smouldering cretin. 
we have a sort of a friend in Laran. Well, more like an acquaintance, to be honest. The kind of person that you might share an Uber with, a rando on New Year's Eve, perhaps, and then that shared experience becomes the touchstone for your entire relationship for the foreseeable future, for better or worse. Who's like the Uber Duda? Margaret of Anjou. Oh, come on! Now that is a twist and a half, boys and girls. Go easy on the wine, Clarence. You should never drink and drive the narrative. Oh, here he comes. Gone are those confident steps of yours, Warwick. Something seems to be obstructing your gate. Oh, that'll be the tail between your legs, won't it? Come, my lady. I bring news of great cheer. You seek reinstatement. I can help you in this endeavour. Don't require help from the likes of you. I loathe you, and I've always despised you. I used to say back in episode one, hate that guy. And each time it cut me deep, but... My lady, I guarantee you wealth and happiness. I will even allow your boy, the Prince Edward, to marry my youngest daughter, Anne, an alliance that will help us both. Very well, but I shall sleep with a dagger, and if you cross me, I shall gut you like a fish. Quickly and concisely into the point, my lady. I don't agree with that way of speaking, but I do respect it. Have we reached an accord? Wait just a moment while I'm sick in my mouth. <laughs> oh. I'm fine now. No. Wait. How undignified. But to seal the deal and spare your royal blushes, how about a distracting cut forward in time? On the 9th of September, 1470, Warwick and Clarence set sail with Jasper Tudor and a few others. They landed on the south coast and began to garner huge support as they marched. The support included Lord Stanley and the Earl of Shrewsbury with their huge retinues of men. Warwick's brother, Marquis Montague, also joined the throngs. King Edward looked on with furrowed brow. Heavens, will these men ever stop? With such men as Stanley and Montague, I know when I'm beaten. I'll not stay to fight and die. You know what? I've been so super busy that I think I need a bit of a lad's jaunt away. Where's good? Ah, oh, yeah, Bruges. King Edward scarpered so quickly that he even forgot his heavily pregnant wife. She gave birth to their fourth child, but importantly, for the line of succession, it was a boy prince, yet another Edward. With King Edward gone, King Henry could finally be released from the tower. He was once again crowned King of England, 3rd of October, 1470. King Edward, whilst in exile, had not been idle. He busied himself with the restoration of an army with his youngest brother, Richard, Duke of Gloucester. Come the 11th of March, 1471, Edward returned to England. Excuse me, can't you read the sign? You can't park that ship here if you haven't got a permit. Our new king will be ever so angry. Good, my man, I shall throw myself on the mercy of the king. For I am, as ever, his fervent subject. I don't care what your favourite subject is. I, 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 I know what it isn't. I know what it isn't basic sign reading. All I'm saying is that King Henry won't be very happy. Edward continued to travel through the north, stopping only to re-inherit the title of Duke of York. He claimed not to be a challenger to the throne at all. He got to Coventry, where Warwick was hiding. Ta-da! Surprise! I don't really want to be the Duke of York. 
That gives me the chance to talk in the footsteps of my good old dad. I fooled you. Fooled all of you. I'm here for my crown back and I don't care who I have to kill to get it. Warwick first. Oh dear bro, on mine, please forgive me. <laughs> I've really dropped the ball this time, bro. Do what you want with me, yo. I brodily deserve it. Brodily. Come, brother, I love you. Let's go to London and get my crown back. Stop crying, you hot tool. Will King Henry be there? Well, yes, that's the point. YOLO! My god, just say carpe diem and at least try and sound like the least stupid member of our family. Dude, you are really starting to sound like dad, bro. Marco. YOLO! No, cram it, Clarence. You remember what I said about sounding like the stupidest member of our family? <clears throat> Henry? No, silly. I'm Henry. You're supposed to say polo if we're hiding and seeking again. You know what? I take it back. YOLO away, George. Who's George? You are. George, Duke of Clarence. Oh, heaven help me, this is going to give me a migraine. <laughs> Good cousin of York, you found me. Right, I suppose it's my turn to seek. Great stuff, Henry. Just, just great. Why don't you start seeking in the tower? I hear it's a super difficult place to find people in, and they don't mind if you stink of we. Let's ride, cousin. The tower seems like a brilliant place to start. Wait a minute, the tower. No, wait, no, wait. Wait! What an idiot, bro. <laughs> anyway, I'm like totally off to hide in the ornamental garden if he's seeking in the tower. Yeah, never find me in there, bro. Laters! Yes, very good, Clarence. Now, where are my wife and baby? I'm here, you blighter, leaving me behind while I struggle womanfully with a large head. Oh, that takes me back. No, you silly king. Your new son, Edward. Yes, a son. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. This is a cause for a celebratory dance. Quick march, anyone. On Easter Saturday, 1471, Edward and his men marched up as far as Barnet. Could have got the tube. One stop from Westminster on the Circle Line, then it's just straight up the Northern Line. No, I don't think that the tube was... Uh, uh, no, never mind, it doesn't matter. Nothing exactly happened that day, but the next day was 14th of April, Easter Sunday. And what a battle it was. Warwick arrived and camped his 12,000 men just north of the city of Barnet. King Edward also arrived the night before and camped as close to Warwick's men as he dared. Warwick awoke early in the morning of the 14th and did not hesitate to fire cannon at where he assumed Edward was camped. But in the mist and the fog, he couldn't see how close the Yorkist king actually was. Cannon shot and ordnance flew over the heads of the Yorkists, harming no one. The Royal Army commanded by King Edward, with Hastings on the left and Gloucester on the right. The Lancastrian army was commanded by Warwick from the rear, with Oxford, Montague and Exeter leading the line and no one could see a thing. Warwick's army took an early lead as Hastings' men were being pushed back toward London. Yes! Yes! Oh, sweet victory! We've won! We've... Have we won? Montague, my brother, have, 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 have we won? I can't see a damn thing. It's all misty and uncertain, like a crooked tombola or that strange fortune-telling machine from that movie. What was it called? Big. No, I'm 
fun, it's me, Montague! Zolta! In the deep mist, the battle lines had shifted, which only served to add to the chaos. Having chased away Hastings, Oxford's men returned to the field, but they were out of position. And instead of rejoining the line next to Montague, Oxford started to attack Montague. It was the biggest own goal in medieval history. The Lancastrian army effectively attacked each other. And they call us silly. Monty! Monty, no! No, Monty, you were my brother! You are my brother, Monty! I loved you! Despite the titular name being confusing and distracting to the listener, and Lord knows I like distracting, confusing people, you were my actual brother! I must retreat. Retreat, yes, like the fading light of a sunset. It's extremely beautiful, seen by me a few fleeting... Warwick! Okay, I better get out of here right now! There he is! Get him! On! On, my dark beast of burden! On! Let me feel your muscular flesh work betwixt my thighs. Ride on, evil baron clippity-clop! We are a shadow in the mist, a whinny on the wind, a horse in the dark, in the mist, in the night! <laughs> oh, oh, flip! I'm gonna let run. I like stone fair on me now. Please say I shot that terrifying horse of his. I can't see for the mist. You better add. King Edward wants him alive so we can kill him publicly. Oh, perhaps he wants me alive because I can be a valuable asset if I could be turned. Come out the mist and show yourself. Who said that? Was that you, Warwick? Ooh, maybe it was. Maybe it was a voice in the wind, a nameless man talking through the shadows and the mist. Or it could be that good-looking and cunning fellow, the Earl of Warwick. Warwick, can you be turned? Oh, I am indeed a man of turns, of twists and turns. Oh, there's a ladder. Chaos is a ladder to my advancement. No, it's a snake all the way down. I am a temporary road sign, sending you hither and thither down a cul-de-sac of the addled mind. My God, my analogies are on point when I'm frightened. Please, sir, you have him, and I only condemned his devil horse to hell. You have me like a snake has a possum. Do I let you slip it towards me? Yes, I did. I did let you. That's right. Go on, yes. See if you can wrap yourself around my helpless rat-like body. Wrap myself where? This mist is just awful. Bite me. Infuse me with your venom. I tolerate your poison as it jangles my extremities. Like I'm a carpet dance of death. But it's a trap. Is it a trap? Yes, go on. I think I hear him. How little you know. I mapped these poison waters years ago. Wait, what's that coming out of the mist? I own the fastest ship in the fleet. Oh my god, that horse is coming right for me! I am the Kingmaker! <laughs> oh, nice one, mate. Yeah, nice one. Shows. So, Warwick fell at the Battle of Barnet. As did his brother Montague. Many commanders drew their last breath that day. It was all over before 8am. I'd have slept through it all, to be honest. Not me. Five o'clock start for me, whether I like it or not. Nah, man, choose life. Choose a lazy coffee. Choose a lie-in. I do, all the time. Hate that guy. Hey, 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 calm down. Let's just get to the end. Did King Edward survive the battle? Yes, but many of his closest allies didn't. I didn't really even know about the Battle of Barnet. Turns out, you know, it was really important. Yep, 
pretty hair-raising stuff. I mean, there was hell, hell to pay at Barnet. Battle lines were weaving, bobbing to and fro. And sadly, Warwick, after all the chaos that he had created, just curled up and died. Sadly, all good things must come to an end. What was that? <gasps> oh no! The Arda Larder! What about it? It's broken! How can a sloppy narrative device break? The repair guy from the Larder group said it was due to obsessive ablibbing! You idiots! I always stick to the script! You, oh! Oh, you fool! You just ran us down a blind alley of hair-related ad-libs! I was doing a play on the word Barnet, you know! The slang for haircut! Or hairdo! In this country! If you're, if you're not from here? Oh, Uncle Bob-Bob, you reckless dandy. We've got to be back next time for the next instalment of the Wars of the Roses. We, silly history boys, are now trapped. And we are, as always, like Uncle Bob-Bob. Sorry! Episode 31, All You're Getting on My Warwick, was written and produced by the Silly History Boys. The Earl of Warwick, Richard Neville, and additional lovely voices were given a free hand to plot by your dear Uncle Bob Bob, Rob Bond. King Edward IV, John Commentator, and additional voices were growled into being by Will Uncle Bilbo Tristram. Henry VI, Lord Wenlock, Jeff Greensleeves, Guy from the Lardy Group, and additional voices were flip-flopped from side to side by Tom Tombo Fermore. George, Duke of Clarence, John Cocombs and many, many additional voices were on political manoeuvres with Stu the Pear Bear Perry. Elizabeth Woodville was given licence to kick in many a door by Gemma von Bob Bob Bond. The roles of Margaret of Anjou and the Good News Nurse attacked your ear holes with the aid of Beth Star Fermor. Thanks to the folks at Zapsplat for music and fun sounds. Banners risen in the name of Scott Buckley for his excellent range of music. A favourable coupling is in the offing for Shane Ivers at Silverman Sound for the use of the track Medieval Banquet. A cracking hit for six goes out to Wee Zevelek for the Soul Limbo cover. We will, as always, have links to their fine work in the show notes. And as always, Lord Fastfingers has provided the intro music. Come rally to our cause on Facebook at Silly History Boys Show and SHB underscore show on Twitter. Please do rate and review on your chosen platform. Show those algorithms this means war. We'll see you next time for more Wars of the Roses. You disgusting pervert. How dare you make my wife say this filth for your own amusement. Well, I tell you, one of these days, I'll have my own back on you. I promise you this. I'm going to make you play a Tory or a Manchester United fan. And we'll see how you like that.